0: Oh, oh, Good morning, good morning. What's up, big guy? Nothing to it, nothing to it. <laughs> good to see you again.
1: Man,
0: it's good to be seen. Uh, so, we know each other. I'm a supporter. Fan of Second Chance. Oh, yeah. But a lot of people, nor myself really know, don't, or rather, don't know the story of Mr. Calvin Wilson, who you are, where you're from, and your story. Uh, so for the listeners, let us know who you are and where you're from, starting off like that.
1: Okay, well... First and foremost, my name is Calvin Wilson. As you, as you know, um, I grew up on the west side of Chicago. You know, start with that. Uh, man, I grew up in a big city. You know, first and foremost, right? And um, what I need to share with you guys is, growing up, we did a lot of moving from different areas. You know, different areas. First of all, we lived in the the inner city. Then we moved into an area called Humboldt Park and then we moved like to Maywood, you know, and then we moved to different buildings and different apartments. The reason why I say that is because I was around a lot of different people and a lot of different characters, you know, and uh, in the process of doing that, I created what they call a belief system. So growing up on the west side, there was a lot of different positive opportunities and negative opportunities, you know and they got this thing called peer pressure for me. You know, uh, I gravitated to a lot of negative things at that time. You know, uh, my mom was a single parent. You know, my dad left early, when I was at an early age, so I didn't have that father figure. So I went outside.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in the process of me going outside, I would say the streets raised me, you know,
0: so. How old were you when you, when they, when you as they say, jumped off the porch?
1: Man, I jumped off the porch like eight, nine. Wow! You know, my dad left at an early age, but the first thing I did was I just started playing a lot of sports. See, growing up in Chicago at that time, we used to have park districts where we can go to the park and you know play softball, baseball, basketball. You know what I'm saying? So, at that time, uh, I started going to the park a lot. I started wrestling, boxing, playing basketball, and that you know I got good at these different sports. You know, basketball was my thing. I used to go play basketball all day. You know, in the wintertime, we'd shovel the court, you know what I'm saying, play basketball. Then, you know, in the summertime, popping willies. You know, I say that to say this. Growing up, it was a lot of fun, you know what I'm saying, compared to now. But, you know, we used to pop willies, ride skateboards, go skating, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, in school, I just started gravitating to a lot of guys. So we used to hang out. You know, these are my buddies, and this is what we do. You know what I mean? So... A lot of choices that I made at that time, it was more or less like a group choice. It wasn't individual. You know what I mean? So I did a lot of different stuff. I dabbled into a lot of different things, you know what I'm saying, good and bad. But it was all about the opportunities that I had, you
0: know. Um, so the the very early days of growing up on the west side, before you moved to Humboldt Park, because Humboldt Park is still technically west, right? It's still the west side. Uh, what neighborhood specifically did you grow up in?
1: I grew up like on Madison, the the Laundale neighborhood, the Humble Park area. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, uh, my grandma lived in Maywood, so I used to go to Maywood a lot. You know, I just did a lot of traveling. But by me being the oldest son in the house, I had an older brother, but he lived in Maywood. Okay. By me being the oldest son in the house, I had to take on the role as being a big brother. You know what I'm saying? I had two little brothers and I had two older sisters, so I had to do a lot of fighting for you know, you know, in the neighborhood. You know, it was back then it was, people used to fight a lot. You know, oh yeah, so much shooting, like fist fights. You know what I mean? Right. Saying? You know, we'd get into it, it or whatever, whatever. And Monday it's all over with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So once I moved in the Humble Park area, it was more that's a lot of Puerto Ricans over there. Right. You know what I'm saying? I didn't speak the language, I didn't know the culture, so I had to fit in. You know, and like I said, I always went to the park. got me going to the park districts, right? I learned how, I knew how to wrestle. So the guys over there was like, man, he know how to wrestle. Right. You know what I'm saying? I knew how to box. So they was like, he know how to box. You know what I mean? So I fit in just from sports. It wasn't like a, a cultural thing. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. everybody was cool with me because of the things that I could do at that time. You know what I mean? So we lived over there like a couple years. Then we moved back to the west side.
0: What year is this? What year are we talking about?
1: I'm talking like 70... 76, 77, in the 70s, you know. Back then, it was more or less like the community raised your kids. Right. You know what I mean? Everybody was like a tight-knit area. The whole community, like, you know, you couldn't cuss on the block. Then Miss Johnson oh. see you, you know what I'm saying? She'll tell your mm-hmm. mom you'll get in trouble. Then, you know, it always, the domino effect. Oh, yeah. So it was different.
0: Um. So the West Side, Madison, Lawndale neighborhood, in the 70s, um, was drugs a big problem around then? Absolutely,
1: drugs been a problem long as I can you know long as I can remember. It always been drugs. You know what I'm saying? It always been guys that uh um, you know sold drugs. Mm. You know the neighborhood I lived in about pimps, players, hustlers. You know, game bangers. You know that's it always was around me. At, you know, growing up, I always saw that type of stuff. You know, that's why I used to look at things like. I wanted fast, you know, I wanted to get things fast because I saw these guys with these big cars, you know what I'm saying? I saw these guys, you know, hanging out with all the chicks, you know, and uh, Mm -hmm. the gangbangers. I saw them marching and shutting down stores. And, you know, it was, the concept was totally different then, you know what I mean? But it was more or less exciting to me. Cause I, I wasn't the, I was the type of guy that sit in the house. Right. You know what I'm saying I didn't have a Nintendo. I didn't have a PlayStation. So I didn't sit in the house all day and play PlayStation, Grand Theft Auto, and all these little games these kids play. Now, we were outside. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, we'd be outside uh, in the fire hydrant, you know, under the water, you know, at the park playing games. You know what I mean? So it was a lot of different opportunities, positive and negative. Like I said, right? I played basketball. I was pretty okay. You know, I ended up playing in high school. You know what I'm saying? I played with some good guys that made it to the NBA. You know, but I didn't take that serious. You know, for me, as I look back on my life, it's like it was a movie. You know what I'm saying? Because I was in a lot of situations where I could have got great body harm caused to me. I made it by the amazing grace of God. You know, I could have been in a situation where it was all bad. But today, you know what I'm saying? As I look back on that, you know, I had I was blessed. I was blessed. That's why... When it comes to my business, I came up with second chance. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's like if I if I could if I really put forth the effort to say what I really mean about second chance, it'd be a million chances. You know what I'm saying? So Um, I just took on the opportunity just take advantage of the chances that I get today.
0: So what were the uh, one of the things that we know about is that nowadays interactions with police and people in the community uh, will just say they're not good. Was it always like that?
1: No. Nah, no, nah. at one point, you know what I'm saying? You know, the police always be the police. You know, you got good cops, you got bad cops. It depends on who you run into, right? The difference between then and now, a lot of guys today, they disrespect the police, first and foremost. You know what I'm saying? They don't give them a chance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Back then, it was more. that's like, like I said, the community raised us. So it was more or less like the the community police, the police that lived and that patrolled our community, basically hung out in the community. So they had they knew the people.
0: Were they black cops?
1: Black cops, white cops, but you know the black cops knew the people. Right. You know what I'm saying? Then you know you had your bad cops, the ones that uh, uh make you tell on yourself. how it's coming out now. You know a lot of people been just disrespected far as being a, a American. Mm-hmm. I see it like that. But you know in the neighborhood. Some of the cost was good, some of them was bad. You know.
0: Um, so did you grow up in the L town? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. For those who don't know, there's the K <laughs> and then there's the L. <laughs> I grew up in the man. Uh for those who don't know, why do they call it the, why do they call it the L?
1: Because majority of the streets start with the L, like Leamington, Laverne, La, you know what I'm saying, Laporte. You know, the streets on this side of Cicero style with air. Once you cross Cicero, it's starting to be K-Town. Right. You understand what I'm saying? That's <laughs> why you, you already know, we always got to come up with some slicks. So. Right. And that's how that went, you know what I mean?
0: Um, I wasn't talking to you about it, but, um, so once upon a time, Absolutely. Um, I lived on, I lived on Maypole and Costner. My auntie uh, lived over there. Okay. Um, now I grew up in Harvey. So that was a whole new world. That it was night and day, yeah. night and day. It's miles away from each other. It's in the same city, but it it is basically like you in two different worlds. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, but shout out to Macarthur's though, because Macarthur's down there. You know the restaurant bringing <laughs> everybody together.
1: But see, like like I was saying about moving to different neighborhoods, that's how that was to me at an early age. Right. You know, when I, I lived on Madison, right, the community was, you know, majority black people. Mm-hmm. Then once I moved to Humboldt Park, it was all Puerto Ricans. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So it was like yeah. a big shock. And it's like the whole neighborhood against me, you know what I mean? And it's like, I can remember looking at situations, man, like, I'm gonna lose or I'm threatening. You know, so what I did was I built this box. You know what I'm saying? This protection box. So I knew how to get around certain things. I just stay in this box Right. and I was comfortable in the box. You understand what I'm saying? So as time progressed, like I said, man, I made a lot of choices. You know what I'm saying? I ended up um, dealing with the judicial system.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I'm saying? I got involved in that as far as, you know, going in going to jail, make, making bad choices. And throughout the process of that, I was able to be around a lot of positive guys, right? That told me that life can't change. You know, and see, like, today, I can remember as a child growing up, it was a privilege to talk to an older person. You know, another, an older guy give you the game. Right, yeah, yeah. Do this, go to school, do this, do this. It was a privilege to do that. Right. Now today, you try to talk to one of these young guys, you don't know what you're talking about.
0: Exactly. You
1: know, I'm 53 years old. So, you know, I got some experience in a lot of things that people doing. Um, what
0: What were the gangs that were around at that time in the 70s? Because I was born in nineteen, I was born in 1982, okay. so I was, you know, I was 10 years old in 1992. So yeah. I, there's a large gulf of like the streets in Chicago history that I don't know about. Yeah. Uh, but from your perspective, what were the gangs there around at that time, and, and was there the level of violence that we see, or was it uh, was there less? What was it like?
1: Man, at that time, man, it was a lot of gangs. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It was neighborhood gangs, and it was gangs that, it was just gangs that people just created in the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? So you would catch a group of guys, they just, the Laverne guys, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You catch the Vice Laws, the GDs, the, you know what I'm saying, the BDs, the Souls. These were different gangs. Then when I moved to Humble Park, area, it was a lot of Latin gangs, you know? So like Latin Kings and Latin, you know, a lot of Latin gangs. Right. But... It's like they didn't mess with you. You know what I'm saying? If you weren't involved in the game, they, you, that's not your business. Right. You know what I'm saying? They respected that at that time. But I say that to say this as far as the game go, you know, it was it was different. You know what I'm saying? You mind your business. And they respect the fact that you mind your business. You right. know what I mean? Right. So you wouldn't get caught up in the situation because it's not your problem. You
0: know? And that uh, seems to have been gone. That, yeah, seems, that long, seems to have been eliminated.
1: Long gone, man, because it's like people use that to their advantage now. You know what I mean? First of all, in the game, you got a lot of guys. You got a group of guys. So now with a group of guys, you know, you can take advantage of one or two people. Right. See what I'm saying? So right. Back then, it was a lot of structure. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people, you know, um, stuck with each other. Right. You know, like I said, it was different. It was different situations, right? You had the pimps, the players, the gangs. You know what I'm saying? And everybody did what they did and they all stuck together. You know, today you might have a guy here in the gang. You know, tomorrow he might be a pimp. The next day he a basketball player. Right. You know what I'm saying? Back then, pimps pimp. You know what I'm saying? Gangbaggers, gangbangers. Hustlers hustle. You know, they stayed in their lane.
0: You know what I'm saying? What's the difference between well maybe that's not a good way to so what makes a hustler?
1: A hustler is a person that do anything to get some money, man. Every day. They just straight they straight laced on doing this. This is what they do. You
0: know what I mean? A hustle could be any number of things, but a hustler is a person who's out to get money.
1: Out to get
0: money. Okay. Okay.
1: Strictly just get money. This is what they do. You know what I'm saying?
0: So um all right, so eight or nine years old, jump off the porch, in between the west side, Humble Park, Maywood and things like that. Um and what was your first encounter with the police? Do you remember it?
1: Man, my first encounter with the police, it was like, it wasn't me, you know what I'm saying? But I was on the scene of a situation. You know, we used to walk, we used to have to walk from like the burn to Garfield Park to go to the swimming pool. You it was a pool right there at Garfield Park. Mm-hmm. You know, we was walking down Washington. I can remember this clearly, man. We was walking down Washington and these two guys came up and this mm-hmm. one guy shot this guy. You know what I'm saying? He shot this guy. We were out there and then when the police came, they was questioning us like, bro, we kids. You know what I'm saying? But that's How the old first were thing you? I, saw, I saw. I was like 10, I was like nine to 10. That's the first time I ever saw somebody get shot. And I was like, wow, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the first time, you know, that was the first encounter I had with the police. Cause they were questioning us as if, like we was grown men. You saw this, you did this, you did this. You know, back to the cop situation. It was a bad cop that was questioning us. Then when the other cops came, they like these little kids, let them go. You know what I'm saying, but far as the crime thing, you said from from then to now, it was a lot of crime. But you know, social media
0: is here now. You know what I'm saying? Okay, hold on, but let's let's pause because I I'd have a question about that specifically yeah. social media. We're gonna get to that because okay. um, I, I I would like to know your perspective on social media, but uh, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, so that's your first encounter with the police. Yeah, what man. happened? What came out of it?
1: What came out over there? My mom had to come get us. Then you know, my mom had to come get us from the police. They come get me from the police station. They yeah.
0: took you down. They took yeah, you to they the station. Okay. To the
1: station. They took us to the station.
0: All right. Yeah. What was that like?
1: Crazy. I was a child. I was a little kid. You know what I'm saying? Then in the process of that, my mom she was going to work. She worked at Brock's Candy Company. So my guy smoked. One of my buddies, his mom came. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She got all. She signed us out, and we all went home. But the thing was, man, it was frightening because we were kids and they was questioning us like we were grown men. You know what I mean? What'd you see? What did you do? And like, we didn't see nothing. We just came from the pool. And it's like we wet. We had our towels. So everything we were saying was valid, but they still tried to make something out of something, you know, and the guy, you know, he ended up, they ended up catching him, whatever, whatever. And they let us go. So it was crazy, man. But that so that was the first encounter with
0: the police. Okay. And they took you to the station. And all that <laughs> My
1: man Smoked mom Said she came And got us out
0: You think that would've Happened if you were white?
1: Absolutely not Reason being is Because uh, The guy The police was a white guy You know what I'm saying It's like The area we live in You know It was like Police Back then The area we lived in It's like They patrolled it Like to the fullest Like yeah Let's lock them up Get them out of here You know what I'm saying So Yeah I don't think It would've happened If I was a white guy
0: so, you you were in jail. You're, they took you down. Now mom comes to get you guys out. Or your uh, friend's mom comes to get you guys out. Um, that's your first run-in with police. Man, yeah. How did you get involved? Or what was your interest? Or what was the what led you into the system? How did you meet the system? And for those who don't know... Explain what the system is and, and, and talk about that.
1: Man, uh, so that day, I started to disrespect the law because by him doing that, you know, as I look back, right, that day when that happened, I didn't have respect for the police anymore. You know what I mean? Because he's like, they just disrespected us. They get in the car, do this, do that, do this. You know what I'm saying? We were, we were together as a whole as my buddies. But that day, I just looked at the police like they always on BS. You know what I'm saying? So... Like I said, you know, hanging out with a lot of guys, we did stuff like, you know, uh, as a pack. You know, we made a lot of bad choices, like you know, stealing out of stores, things of that nature. You know, hanging out with guys on the block. You know, they were selling a lot of drugs was being sold in the 80s. You know, so.
0: What were the drugs?
1: Uh, crack, cocaine, and heroin. Do
0: you remember? A, do you remember? A, uh, do you remember a time before crack cocaine? Mm-hmm. In in na- in the neighborhood. Oh man, before
1: the crack cocaine came in, it was peaceful. Everything was good. You know what I mean? You, people smoke happy sticks. You know, I, I experienced that too, far as watching people smoke what they call happy sticks, where they used to run down the street naked. You know, the, they was the animal church, yeah, the, the wet. Okay, yeah. The sticks, right, you know right. I
0: mean? well, yeah, 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 yeah. People
1: yeah. used to smoke them too. And they'll run down the street naked. So it was funny. You know what I mean? But when crack came over, it just took over the whole neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Bus drivers, teachers. You know, policemen, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, the mailman, everybody, it just took over just that in the eighties, it just took over the whole neighborhood. So now people walking around like zombies, you know what I'm saying? So it was a bit, man, it was like a shock after the seventies, the eighties kicked in with the drugs, man, the crack cocaine just took over the whole man, everything about our neighborhood. Did
0: things get more violent?
1: Yeah, absolutely. What happened, you know, like, like I said, man, once the drugs came into play, Things changed. People stopped respecting people. uh, Stealing came. You know, people started stealing that man, that massive rates just taking anything. You know, disrespecting people, people snatching purses, robbing people. All that stuff came into play once the crack came in the neighborhoods. You know what I mean? One no more. uh, All the older guys that we looked up to, once they started getting high, you know what I'm saying? We started disrespecting them as a person. You know what I'm saying? We didn't respect who they was anymore. So now. We thought we was the stuff, you know what I'm saying? So we right. started you know, selling it to them, you know what I mean? Getting the money, you know, that happened. That's when I first I first went to the county jail. Uh, when I got to the county jail, man, it was like real crazy. Real crazy, just like a what big What year was suit. this? First time I went to the county jail was like 85, 86.
0: Holy cow.
1: You know what I mean? So it was like a big suit everybody locked up and, you know, but what had happened was I, a lot of my friends from the neighborhood was in the jail. You know what I'm saying? There was a lot of people that I knew. So it wasn't like, you know, like you hear the stories on TV, it was all bad and nah, it wasn't like that. You know, once I got in jail, it was just, now it's a different system. So now I have to live this system. Once I learned the system, I was okay. You know what I'm saying? It sounds crazy, but once I learned the system, I was okay. I I started to accept going
0: to jail. You know what I mean? And so what was the, was it drug possession? Yeah. If, you're, if you're okay talking about it? Is that what it was? It was possession or selling or?
1: It was possession. I had a possession to sell and a possession to use. Okay. You know, I went to jail several times. Okay. So at one point, yeah, I was selling it.
0: But that I mean, first time in the 80s, that, that's... I was selling it. Okay.
1: You know what I'm saying? Then that's, you know, they didn't tell me, as long as I be around drugs, one day I was going to start using drugs. They didn't tell me that the drugs was going to turn on me. You know what I mean? So that happened. You know, I, I, I dabbled with that for years. Years.
0: So what was it like the very first day in jail? Man, uh Do you remember first it?
1: day in jail, man, yeah. I, yeah. It was like walking into a closet. You know what I'm saying? Walking into a closet, but I had to kick in the courage. Now I got to have courage because I'm around all these tough guys. You know what I mean? So, uh, man, it was scary, bro. You know, uh, I'm the dude that keep you 100 with me. Man, I was frightened. I was scared to death, bro. That first day, I was scared to death. I'm letting you know. I'm mean, letting you know anybody that watch that I was scared to death. Right. You know what I mean? Because I was took was just like they just took me away from my house. Took me away from my mom. No kitchen. No, no. You know what I'm saying? One day I came to realize the day the love is in the house. When you go outside, ain't no love. Right. You know what I'm saying? So when I went to jail, man, that first time man, it was frightened. It was frightening, man. That first night I can remember. Nice to the man up. Sign the man, man,
0: um, you 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 said something just a minute ago though. You called it a zoo.
1: Man, it was like a zoo. Like I said, you know, different attitudes. You know, people, different levels of anger. You know, what I'm saying it was a whole lot of crazy stuff. You know what I mean? Because you know, people were just doing whatever they wanted to do. You know. It's crazy being around a person that are actually killed because you got people in here charged with murder. It's, per- it's crazy being around people that are actually raped because you got people charged with rape. You know, being in them places with people with these charges, you know, now you're looking at it like I have to protect myself. You know, it's like where do the people go after they get arrested? You know, sometimes people get arrested for certain things, you know, as people looking at it from the street that ain't in there. We just look like, oh, here in jail. But he in jail around another group of people. Right. You know what I'm saying? You got the child molesters, you got the, the rapists, you got the murderers, you got the drug dealers, you got the, you know, people that, the aggravated battery, you know, all these different cases, all these different people, not in one just big zoo, it's like one big place. You understand what I'm saying? So now all these different attitudes, mm-hmm. you know, just roaming around in a building.
0: But surely the, uh, the guards and the COs and all that, they make sure that people are separated and they make sure that you're nice and you play right? No,
1: no, no. At that time. It was more or less like the, the guys that the, the jail ran the jail. You understand what I'm saying? The prisoners ran the jail. So, hey, if you get caught up in the wrong place, you just got caught up in the wrong place. You understand what I'm
0: saying? Yeah. Um. All right. So that's 1985. How long were you there? When did you get out? And what's what's life like now when you get out of that situation?
1: Yeah. As far as that whole system, just to get to, just to move forward, you know. Uh, what happened was going through that, you know, I can't skip this. Going through that, man, what I, what I created was a belief system at that time. You know, I had to be tough. I had to be strong. I had to be, you know, a lot of things that I had to do to live in that environment, right? So once I left that environment, you know, and um, I got to throw this out there, man. I had uh, caught a case and I got drug court. I got this thing called drug court. And uh, the, drug, the judge, she was telling me, she was like, Cal, I don't think you can do this. You know what I'm saying? She looked at my background she was like, I think you can do this. So I'm like, yeah, okay. I might be able to do it. You know, at the time, you know, it was like, I, I wasn't convinced that, you know, this, this new life change could change, could ha- actually happen. So throughout that process, I got to this fork in the road again. I got to the same fork in the road and I was like, man, look, Lord, pray, you know, you know people have foxhole prayers and you have prayers. I prayed, I'm like, Lord, look, man, uh, I've been there before. You know, at the at the end of the road, either I can go this way or go that way, right? So I said, I just sat back and then a moment of clarity, and I just, man, God, what you want me to do? Job, okay, get a job. And at that time, I think I had like three jobs in my life, entire life.
0: What? You know what, I'm saying? what? What year was this?
1: This like twenty fourteen. Okay. Twenty fourteen. So as you can see, from the eighties to twenty fourteen. You know, there was a lot of in and out of jail, drug, and a lot of bad choices, right? But when I got to this point in 2014, and I got, I called that case, and she was like, "Uh, "You can do it," you know what I mean? So I put forth the effort to change, and what I did was I got a job. I got the job, man. You know, the job was okay. As you can see, see my hands. I ain't worked too many jobs. So I got the job.
0: Hands soft as hell.
1: it started to work out for me. I started you know what I'm saying? I hadn't had a driver's license. Throughout that whole situation, I didn't even have a driver's license, bro. I had like over 30 cars, right? I didn't have a driver's license. So the first thing I did was I went and got my driver's license, uh, got the car, you know what I mean, uh, the job, and it started working for me. You know what I mean? And uh, I just started continuing to do the things that I need to do that won't get me in trouble at that point. You know what I'm saying, so I'm like, okay, if I do this, I won't get in trouble. If I drive with driver's license and I can't get in trouble. You know.
0: So from uh, so from the 80s until 2014, getting clean and everything like that. What was your biggest time? What was the longest time you were uh, locked up or incarcerated? incarcerated. Yeah. Man, like
1: 36 months. 36 months. 36 months. Holy cow. 36 months,
0: man. Just shy of two years. Just shy of two years.
1: Wow.
0: Um, what do you do what do you what do you do for thirty six months? What does a person do when they're incarcerated for that long?
1: Man, what I did was I did a lot of reading, studying, you know, and I started at that time, right, I was at the end of the road. So I started listening to the guys that used to tell me all these different things. You know what I'm saying? Man, you can do better. You know, your life could change. You know, it was like they planted the seed, you know, that's the name of my company. But they, my business, they planted the seed for me throughout the whole process.
0: Was that rock bottom for you?
1: Yeah, it was man. It was, you know, this like they say, the last house on the block, right? So I started paying attention to what they, you know, all, all these years of going in and out of jails and being in the streets, I started paying attention to what the positive people was telling me. You understand what I'm saying? So I gravitated to the positive things. And uh, I gotta say this, man, you know, it's like, it's not a poem, but one of my guys, right? He told me this, he said, the man that goes down the block, no, the man that stands on the corner and points is only a pointer. A mere piece of wood can do the same, but the man that goes down the block and come back can lead the multitude from his experience, right? And he told me I had to say that, you know what I'm saying, he keep asking, what is it, what is it? And i say the poem, right, until I understood what it meant, you know what I'm saying? And that's the life I live today, because see, the things that I do today, I talk about my experiments. That's my experience. You know, that's why I named uh, my non-for-profit Second Chance. Again, you know what I mean? I had a lot of Second Chances, a lot of them. A lot of them. I always had a different Second Chance on this. You know, people shooting at me, Second Chance. jail, Second Chance. Drugs, Second Chance. You know what I mean? So, like I said, I paid attention to the fact that I was in the public aid system, right? The judicial system. Now I created my system. You understand what I'm saying? That's how I can win today by living the lifestyle that I live today. And the goal is to help somebody. Because throughout the whole situation, people always help me. You know what I'm saying? Throughout the drugging, people help me. Throughout the jail, people help me. I always had somebody in my life, right, that'll help me. But see, today, by me being clean, see, I understand the help. You know the song, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. You understand what I'm saying? See, the rain is gone right now. So the goal is just continue to help somebody. And that's what I do every day. You know what I mean? I help somebody every day, bro. And it's like, the way I look at it is this. If I help one person, one person every day, that's 365 people a year. I think my job is good. You understand what I'm saying?
0: You mentioned, so if uh, you had the opportunity to go to drug court. Yeah. Okay, what was that like?
1: Man, drug court is still a lot of different...
0: And what is it? At? So what is it? Explain it.
1: Drug court is a place like, it's like... Um, uh, a system, okay. To whereas you can you can avoid going to prison.
0: Is it another facility testing. or something like? Are you... No, it's
1: it's a, uh, it's a program. Okay, got it. It's a program where okay. you, they prevent you from going to prison, right, from making some bad decisions. So they give you opportunity to build integrity, responsibility. What it does is they drop you. You have you do drops. Uh, you got to report to man. You, you it's mandated that you take uh different different drops. You got to report to court. You know what I'm saying? you got to live by their system. You know what I'm saying? They give, you the, they give you the program and they tell you the rules, they give you the rules and ask you, do you want to do this? You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. once you agree, sign on the dotted line, you have to do what's on the paper. You know what I'm saying? It's just following different directions. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And what that happened was I did that to the fullest. Cause at that point, like I said, like we were just saying, it was that, man, it was my last leg. Once I got out of the jail that time, I was like, bro, I'm finna change my life around. So what I did was I did everything they asked me to do. I didn't have no dirty jobs. I didn't miss court. I did everything. And you know, you graduate after two years of being on drug court. I graduated early, bro. Early. Because I can remember when I first got on, signed up for the program, everybody just knew he's going to fail. You know what I mean? But I knew. See, it's like today, I understand me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't just do things in the group. Remember, I was telling you about, you know, I used to go outside and a group of guys. We played basketball. It got to be 10 people to play basketball. Hmm. Football, it got to be 30 people to play football. You know what I'm saying? I do things individual. You know what I'm saying? I look at at what I do today. You understand what I'm saying? So when I got on drug court, it was personal. It was like, because if I fail, they're going to lock me up. I'm going to be in prison by myself. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be in jail by myself. So I took on that opportunity as if I was by myself, right? And, man, I slammed it. I slammed it, man. Did everything I had to do. You know, and uh, today, right, I'm the ambassador of K County Druid Court alumni. You understand what I'm saying? I go back. I help people. You know what I'm saying? I go to the baseball games, basketball games. They have a lot of different activities, and I participate. You know, as far as just showing up, you know, to show the guys that's behind me that it can't happen. See, my goal today, see, we talking about today now, you know what I'm saying? My goal today is to help somebody. You know what I'm saying? To see a person that been through what I've been through, like I just explained, the, the drugs, the selling, the gangs, um, the being locked up all the time, you know what I'm saying? That you can't make it. It's a possibility you can't make it. So my goal is to continue to be a vision of hope.
0: Why do people join gangs?
1: Peer pressure, peer pressure, and just to fit in. You know what I'm saying? See, a lot of people, You know, as I look back, a lot of people have what they call low self-esteem, Right? You know, and with the gang situation, you know, they, these guys tell you they love you. You know, you don't get love in the house. You know, once you go outside and you, you know, you don't have people in your house like your mom, your dad, you know, if you happen to have them in your house, tell you, I love you, good job. But when you go on the streets, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people show false love or what they call fake love. You know what I'm saying? They love what you're doing, but they don't love you as an individual. You know what I'm saying? And it's a process to get to understand that. You know, the first thing we do. You know as a people we'll try to join some to fit in. You understand what I'm saying? So now I'm a part of this. Wow that ain't where it's at. You know what I'm saying? Today like I say man it's all about building and helping somebody. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know through the, the contacts that I got today you know what I'm saying? I pass out coupons with coffee. You know what I'm saying? I get some coffee coupons from 79 whatever whatever and I pass them out in the morning time. These guys be like man Calvin thanks. Just mm-hmm. a cup of coffee. Speaking to people. You know, I speak to people every day, hey, how you doing? They're like, man, Calvin, you know what I'm saying? You can change the person's perspective of the day just by speaking to them. See, and I had to, it, it took me, it was a pro, It took a process. See, and it's my process. See, what I want people to understand, my process is my process. Everybody got an individual process. Right. You know what I'm saying? You'll call it the wilderness. You know, like they say, like, God, Jesus went through his wilderness. Mm-hmm. So in the process of me going through my wilderness, man, I'm still here. Right. The amazing grace.
0: Um, when was the last time you were on the west side, in the L and all that?
1: Man, I went to a friend this weekend. I went to a friend this weekend.
0: Was there any oh change God. from, sorry to hear that, by yeah, the way, I yeah. apologize. Um, Did you notice any changes?
1: As far as what, the community, how it looked? Major. It's a yeah. lot of changes, man. It's like, uh,
0: the population
1: changing, as far as the culture. You know what I'm saying? Where I live at, you know, now you got a lot of uh, different Mexicans and a lot of Puerto Ricans moving into these neighborhoods, you know what I'm saying? There was more or less dominantly Black neighborhoods, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So then the stores, you got a lot of Arabs, no disrespect to Arabs, they own the stores now, you know what I'm saying? It's a whole lot changing because, you know, a lot of people just, um, I want to say in the matrix, you know, the drugs that took over again, you know, they got the fitting all out there that's killing people, the heroin, the heroin. You know, the drugs just took over. So the change is a lot of people doing drugs, man, a lot of people missing the mark. You know what I'm saying? And the culture changing, and then they
0: could. So the unity's
1: not there anymore like it used to be.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I saw, because like I said, I, I only lived, you know, besides visiting family and all that when I was a kid. I only lived on the west side. I actually stayed there, got mailed there for like eight or nine months. Okay. But that was you know almost 8 or 9 years ago but i was out there maybe about a month ago and like it was new different but it seemed worse in a way like it seemed just like wilder it seemed crazier it seemed a little bit it seemed like there was less love to your point so i'm i'm asking that because we we there's a generation gap between us yes. you know but i i felt like that like i felt like it was a little bit like More dangerous, like yo. This, this even, it's even crazier than it. Right, it's 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 wilder, wilder west than the wild west used to. It's it was insane. Um, excuse me. Okay, so now let's talk. Now let's talk about that social media thing. Uh, what do you mean by that? What were you were you talking about social media? And is social media making things worse?
1: It's like it's how people perceive it. You know what I'm saying? It's like uh, I can remember. You know, like I said, when I was at G, I did a, I did. used to read, right? And I used mm-hmm. to read about mobsters and Al Capone and all them guys, right? Back in their day, they used to blow up stores. You know what I'm saying? They had Tommy guns, so they doing a lot of shooting. But it wasn't no social media. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So now, when I was growing up, you know, like '70s, '80s, '90s. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't. A, it wasn't no social media. It was a lot of shooting, a lot of gang wars. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The same thing happening. That was happening as far as Al Capone and them to us. The same thing was happening. So now you got the social media, right? You can take a person and just put stuff on FaceTime and you know what I'm saying, go live, you know? So now it's out there. You understand what I'm saying? But it always been there. That's like, you know, the the drug academic, man, this a big thing on drugs, a war on drugs. Okay, it always been a war on drugs. It always been there, you know what I'm saying? But you weren't able to see it. Cause right now, like I said, you just go on TV, just put something on film, you know what I'm saying? Or you can record this, record that, put it on Facebook, put this on that. So, with the social media, man, it just twisted things up. You know, you'll see something on social media, but it's one-sided. You understand what I'm saying? We hear, like, Betty got shot. Now, the thing that's messed up is how these people, how these kids killing kids. But you hear Betty got shot, right? So, you hear this one side. Not knowing Betty probably shot hit the guy first. Right. You understand what I'm saying? So, so social media can make things what they want it to be. You understand what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't like it. I, I... You know you see this stupid stuff. It's like 12. Yeah, we out here on man. We out here on the and all that and it's like y'all making It's just so ignorant Yeah, they brag It's so like ignorant
1: I'm, I'm rolling. I got the peels. I got the this come on
0: man, It's bro. so it's so ignorant so to your point you are you are correct social media is Unfortunately as good as it is to give you information you can learn how to change a tire. You can learn how to, you know, you can learn DNA and how it works into the cell. But you can also find some of the most Little ignorant, stuff. counterproductive stuff in the world. Man. On in the world. Um, all right. So before we wrap this up now, um, hey, you mentioned you got shot at. Man, how did that happen? You seem like too nice of a guy. Who's shooting at you? You seem like a nice dude. <laughs> Neighborhood,
1: man. <laughs> Neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? It's like. I was around a lot of shootings. you know what I'm saying? What just were you doing? Walking the, just walking in the neighborhood. Okay. You know, just going you know, going from head to up. You know, a person tried to shoot at this guy, and you know, here we go. You know what I'm saying? Or just being in certain situations, being around people that was in tour with other people. You understand right. what I'm saying? But what I really want to put out today is, man, you can change. Change is possible, bro. No matter what you go through, man, you have to go through it in order to get to You understand what I'm saying? And that's the blessing. Today, like I said, man, I'm, I'm sitting here right now. You know, I got a lot of my friends that didn't make it or in jail or, in, you know what I'm saying, in jail for the rest of their life or, you know, didn't make it, you know? I lost a lot of buddies along the journey. You know what I'm saying? So my goal is to always continue to give back, man, and help somebody. That's what I do every day, man. You know, that's why, you know, CW second chance, you know, it's all about giving somebody a chance, man. You know what I'm saying? And I try to give you give a person as many chances as I can. You know, I don't look at it as a second chance like, this the second time I'm helping you. No, every chance that you get is a second chance. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You might wake up and don't eat all week, right? And I give you a coupon or whatever. You eat that day, right? Next week you might not need. Now you got another second chance because I'm able to help you again. Right. You know what I'm saying? The goal <laughs> is to just get a gang of people to ride with me. You know what I mean? The more the merrier, like I was explaining to you earlier about the 365 people just by helping one person, right? imagine if I well had 365 people help me have one person a day. Look how many people that is. Right. See what I'm saying? That's the goal,
0: man. Um. Well, on behalf of Good Morning Aurora, mm-hmm. we appreciate you absolutely coming onto the show and sharing with us again. Uh, we also appreciate everything you're doing with Second Chance. Absolutely. Uh, and you already know, like, you know, if you send us stuff. We'll post that, make sure it gets out there. People know what you uh, got going on. So the next endeavors that you got, the next stuff you out there doing, take pics and text them to your boy. And you uh, you know, we'll put them out like last time, man.
1: We got the fundraiser coming up. You know what I'm saying? The fundraiser's gonna benefit uh, the homeless people living in tents so they can get like winter clothes.
0: That's the next thing we are
1: getting on top of that right now. So boots and coats, gloves, things of that nature. So they can be out in the wintertime, man. Cause see, the goal is, man, to love somebody. You gotta love somebody, man. Right. You know, and I learned that from, like I said, patience and experience from going through what I went through, right? Today, I'm just a better man. And I put forth effort every day to help somebody and do that. You know what I'm
0: saying? We appreciate everything you're doing, my brother. Uh, On behalf of us, check out Second Chance. Support the brothers when you see them out there. And uh, thank you to Calvin for sharing his life story with us. And we will see y'all back here tomorrow morning for another After the News, for another great interview. Peace. Peace.